Episode 168 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the wonderful Australian singer, songwriter and musician Judith Durham, who'll always be best remembered as the lead vocalist with the folk-influenced pop quartet The Seekers. Originally formed in Melbourne in 1962, The Seekers sold over 50 million records worldwide thanks to international hits like I'll Never Find Another You, A World of Our Own, Morning Town Ride, Georgie Girl and The Carnival Is Over. Judith left The Seekers in July 1968 to pursue a solo career and the group disbanded. She rejoined The Seekers in 1992, recording and touring with them many times until 2019. Sadly, Judith Durham died in 2022 at the age of 79. She did this interview with me in 1994 when promoting her sixth solo studio album, Let Me Find Love, and the Seekers compilation album, A Carnival of Hits. Hi there, how are you doing? Oh, fine, thank you. Yes, everything's going well. Good. I'm glad you're releasing all this stuff again. It's marvellous. Oh, good. It's nice to hear. You've been a long time fan, have you? Yeah, well, I, I have. Indeed, I have. Just I remember it the first time around. I went, but, but no, I loved it then and I love it now and it sounds great still. Oh, thank you. That's lovely to hear. So, well done. Now, I've got a nice little questionnaire for you here. All right, then. First of all, what is the most wonderful thing someone did for you? Well, probably... Probably my husband, you know, like asking me to marry him, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about your husband, then. Oh, well, he's a, he's, he was a wonderful musician, and, uh, you know, and we shared music all our married life. Uh, London-born, he was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've composed music together also. So we just celebrated our silver wedding anniversary just three days ago. So, you know, we had a wonderful time. How, how did you meet him and when did you get married? Uh, 1969 we got married in Melbourne in November, of course. Right. And uh, just at the time when I was going to be leaving the sea, because I'd given six months notice and we were on a tour of England, mm -hmm. and Ron was on the bill, his name's Ron Edgeworth, Ron was on the bill and he accompanied me on a song I did on my own in the act called The Olive Tree. Right. And we got talking and... I realised, you know, we were very compatible, and he was such a wonderful musician. So I asked him if he would come out to Australia to be my musical director later on, you know, when I had left the group. He came out for a minimum of two months, and but we fell in love, and, you know, one thing led to another, and then we got married a year later. Brilliant. How did he ask you to marry him? Well, actually, on the phone the first time. Right. <laughs> and I wanted him to do it in person, so I didn't accept him right on the spot, although I really <laughs> did want to marry him. <laughs> And then he, he took his time to, you know, ask me again. He kept me waiting then for a little while. And, uh, oh. you know, but um, actually it was on the, the night the man landed on the moon, funnily enough. We oh. finally decided we'd tell my parents that we were going to be married. Two historic moments in one there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Second question. Have you ever told a little white lie and what were the circumstances? Right. Oh, wowee. This white lie. Well, I mean, I suppose the thing that comes to mind is uh, back in the 60s, again, related to the breakup of the Seekers, funnily enough, because, you know, we all knew that we weren't going to be continuing for that six months, you know, and I had given my notice in. 
So, you know, we even made a television special, for instance, and there was a comedy sequence in it which was saying, I'm saying, over the, you know, the voiceover was saying, you know, maybe we'll still be together in 50 years and then what? <laughs> but I actually knew that I wouldn't be with the group, that, you know, only, only a couple of months longer than that time. You couldn't say because you didn't want to upset the fans? I, well, it was very hard to know. I mean, it's still a catch-22 as to whether it would, would have been better to let everybody know for the six months that we all knew and have them, you know, living with that sense of, you know, the fact that we were going to be disbanding, yeah. you know, or whether it was the right way to do it, you know, just sort of suddenly to shock everybody. Right. Yes. I personally thought that it would be just too sad, you know, everybody sort of knowing that we were going to be breaking up, you know, and I just... I mean, that was my own feeling, but I don't know that that was the right decision. I think maybe we should have told everybody we were going to be breaking up so that they right. had a chance to adjust to it. Yes. That's why we're now, this time around, with our reunion concerts, you know, we're letting everyone know that it is a one-off opportunity so that they're not sort of let down again to that great extent. That's good. Now, third question, who's your best friend and how long have you known them? Oh, my husband definitely would be my best friend. And uh, I've known him now, what, 26 years? <laughs> Apart from my husband, my manager, John Kovac, yeah, and he's um, over here on this London trip, of course, because he's um, managing the group reunion as well as my own career. How long have you known him? Uh, was he your manager originally? Uh, yes, he started as my manager, but not that long, uh, three years now. Right. What's your favourite meal? Oh, my favourite meal would probably be Japanese veg vegetable tempura. Uh -huh. But my most often eaten meal, eaten meal, probably would be cooked broccoli, well cooked broccoli. Really? That yes. sounds very dull. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a, because I have food sensitivities. You know, when uh -huh. I'm singing, I find that uh, broccoli is my mainstay. <laughs> Are you a vegetarian? Yes. <laughs> is that for principles and? Yes, that's one reason. It's. Um, from a health point of view and from the morality point of view and also from a spiritual point of view. Right. What about puddings? Do you eat desserts and things? Uh, really? But uh, I like apple crumble and cream. <laughs> um, Very English. Yes. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I might have fruit really most often, you know, right. or stewed apples or something like that. Is there anything naughty that you eat that perhaps you shouldn't? <laughs> oh, well, occasionally I'll have chocolate. Or caramels. I have yeah. quite a few caramels, actually. I was a bit of a chocolate eater until recently, and then I started getting a few migraines, so I eased off on the chocolate. Yes. And toffees or caramels, I should say, have really <laughs> taken their place at the moment. But it's all part... I don't ever think, oh, you know, I don't die of guilt having anything like that. I just regard it as part of my diet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Question number five. What makes you sad or cry? Oh, well, naturally my husband's illness at the moment, he has motor neurone disease, oh. so he's seriously ill with that, and that makes me sad and cry, obviously, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a terrible illness, it's not yeah. wonderful at all. So, but, um, I mean, apart from that, um, some music has a great effect on me emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, Do you get emotional now, singing some of the old songs? That must bring back an awful lot of memories. I... Yes, it depends what's going on in my own life. I think I'm like the fans in that respect, that sometimes the music 
that you're singing expresses exactly the sentiments that you are experiencing in your own life. Yeah. You know, the song itself, without that personal connection, may not have the same impact, emotionally speaking. Yes, I mean, particularly the carnival is over. I've had certain things happen in my life at different times, and those words are, are more, most poignant. Yes. You know, and then, of course, I mean, you can hardly sing the song because you feel so emotional. Oh. You know? <laughs> but other times I just sing the song as a beautiful piece of music, and, of course, it's the people listening who are experiencing the tears, yeah. you know, according to what they're going through. Judith, what do you think about when you're in the bath? Is the next question. <laughs> I often think about, um, I try to visualise being in a warm mountain pool, if you know what I mean, like a stream with a rock pool. Gosh. And uh, I just sort of experience the bath. I, I don't necessarily think of other things but that experience. In fact, that would be one of my most relaxing times when I have a bath I, I really do enjoy having a bath and I try and make a point of having one each day for that reason because I don't really relax in other situations Do you sing in the bath like most of us do? No, <laughs> no I don't <laughs> sing in the bath <laughs> No, not really, it's funny isn't it I, I've never really been one for that <laughs> <laughs> We're always grabbing the shower or whatever we can <laughs> I should say I finish my bath with a cold shower, by the way. Right. That's my joy to um, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst item of clothing you've ever owned? Oh, hang on, there's something on the tip of my tongue. Is there anything you wore back in the 60s that uh, you look, look at now and think, oh my goodness, did I really wear that? Well, yes, I mean, there was a baggy trouser suit that I had, which funnily enough would be considered quite fashionable now, I suppose, but... It was just brown gabardine and it was just so drab and sloppy and, you know, loose pants and everything and I can never believe it. I've seen various photos of it. I was rehearsing in it somewhere and I would never buy it in a million years now. <laughs> Do you know what happened to it? No, thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Oh, God. That's fine. Uh, Are you typical of your star sign? Yes, very much so. Very, I'm a Cancerian and very, very, you know, like being at home and, you know, feel secure in a little shell and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pretty creative and motherly and sensitive and all those things, changeable. Well, where aren't you typical, would you say? In what ways? I think I've overcome, because I've been a public figure, I've overcome my sensitivity and shyness to a huge extent. Right. Um, and yes. those are Cancerian traits, are those? I well? believe so, yes, right. yes. What would be your ideal day? Oh, well, to meditate, to have a bath, to sit in the sun. I mean, I never, this is, I never get around to doing all these things I'm just going to say to you, but this would be my ideal day. To um, go for a walk in the park and sit in the sun to have a lunch of vegetable tempura. <laughs> I'd probably like to have a snooze after that. Then spend... Oh, and do some exercises in the morning, a yoga, something like that. Right. Um, I'd like to get on the piano and spend the whole afternoon on the piano composing or singing or something like that. And in the evening, I think I would like to probably go somewhere with my close relatives 
Uh. For a meal, probably to a vegetarian restaurant. And then I go to a picture or, <laughs> yeah, probably go to the pictures and go and read in bed for about an hour before I go to sleep. Oh. Now, I wouldn't do any of that normally, but that's what I'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite film and why? Oh, I never go to the pictures. Um, oh, God, what did I see the other day? Oh, well, I think uh, probably I should say one of the classics, you know, like... Um, Oh, a classic Australian one like Picnic at Hang Rock or Far Lap or something. I saw a good one the other week, which was Four Weddings and a Funeral. Was oh that yes, a, is That's that an Australian one? No, it's English. Though. English one. Excellent. Um, yeah, but I mean, I never go to the pictures. I can't even think of any films. Not to worry. If mm. if your life story was made into a film, who would you like to play you? Hmm. Funny enough, I've been thinking about that recently because the biography's just been released in Australia of my life. And people said to me, oh, would you like it made into a film, you know? And the, the thought has crossed my mind as to who would do it. Is that a biography or an autobiography? A biography, but I have had a lot to do with the writing of it in the, you know, right. like I worked very closely with the author. So you authorised it, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't honestly know. I'm such a unique person. What about Kylie Minogue? Oh, I don't think she'd, I don't think it'd work. I mean, she, I admire her very much, but she's very much a different image for me. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to have a good think about that. Mm, I'll be a bit late for you with an answer somehow. It's all right. Mm, it depends also, I mean, if they didn't have to sing, if they were miming to my voice, well, it might make things easier. Right. You know, I think that would be the answer, really, because I don't think... I mean, I'm a pretty unusual combination, having the voice I've got in the kind of face and body that I've got. You know, being a big voice in a very small frame and... You know, and I'm, I haven't got classic beauty, you know, attributes or anything like that. So you'd really have to find somebody who had my kind of physique and face. Right. I mean, just let my voice be heard, I imagine. I always wonder, what did the Seekers think of the new Seekers? Well, it was a bit of a funny one for us because, you see, it was one of us who... Keith, one of our group, was the one who helped put together the new seat. Oh, right. And we didn't know anything about it happening. So it was a bit of a strange one for us because it confused the name very much. Yeah. But certainly the group was excellent. Oh, that's nice. You know, and I really do believe it's a pity that they didn't have their own name because they would have made it irrespective of what name they had. Yes. Mm. I mean, initially the name was a gimmick to get them off the ground, but I do believe they had such immense talent mm. and excellent material that they would have made it no matter what name they had. Mm. Final question in our questionnaire. Can you program a video recorder? <laughs> If I had the instruction booklet, yes, yes, but my memory is so bad that I oh. wouldn't be able to memorise all the steps. Oh. Mm. You well, mean like to get it to turn on in a week time at ten past ten in the morning? <laughs> that sort of thing, yes. Yes, no, I'd, I would have to have the instruction booklet, and I'm not too bad, um, and I'd take the time, and I'm pretty reasonable at that. I do like instructions, though, very much. Uh. Mm. Funny enough, I've never programmed the one we've bought, though. <laughs> <laughs> This is Peter Jonathan Robertson. I hope you've enjoyed my 1994 interview with the delightful Judith Durham. If you'd like to comment on that or any of my other interviews in the PJ Archive, you can find or follow me on Twitter at PeterJonathanR2.